Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Jean Doe Massaero, an Alexander Technique teacher who lives in Montpelier, France. Uh, we've been doing a series of podcast interviews on the influence of Francois Delsart and uh, more specifically his younger brother Camille Delsart on Alexander and the Alexander Technique. And in this podcast, uh, we're going to do two podcasts on how this relates uh, to Skype teaching. And in this podcast, I'm going to talk about my overall take on hands-on versus um, using Del Sartre's method or directions, whatever of... Um, and how that, what I, what my overall take on it, and what I see as having happened in recent years that that changes things quite a bit, and a lot of what I'm going to say is going to, in terms of the overall um, view of things, is based on my understanding of Delsart's influence on Alexander, which I have gotten from my guest today, Jean Doe. So, Jean Del, welcome hello again. to Hello Again. So, um, let me begin by what I see as the overall situation. We know for sure that Del Sartre and his younger brother, Camille, well, and more specifically, his younger brother, Camille, who lived for many years in Australia, uh, 20 of them, in Tasmania, and had a huge influence on the Australian acting uh, theatrical scene and indirectly must surely have affected Alexander. Uh, we, know, we know for certain that Alexander was considered himself to be a Del Sartre method teacher. He, he states as much on his advertising material. Um, that seemed to have left when he moved, gone away when he moved to England. But as Jean Doe has, has said, for the first well, 20 years or more of Alexander's teaching, certainly up to about 1914, he was primarily using Adele Sartre. And he also, I believe, was com com had come up with some directions of his own. Would that be fair to say that he had directions in that early part of his teaching career, Jean Doe? Oh yeah, yeah. So from, he, he was, I think he started very, very early from the start. I think yeah. right. So he was using his understanding. He translated the, yeah, yeah. He was using his yeah. understanding of Delsart, which was not a hundred percent because he wasn't exposed to certain aspects of it as fully as he might have been. But he he got a lot of it, and he he came up with directions, but uh, he did run into a bit of a problem in that certainly with the directions, uh, many of his students had trouble with them. They were long and tricky, and uh, he, he became frustrated. And at some point, uh, my understanding is he walked in one day and said, I think I can get it for them whether they like it or not now. Um, and that was the birth, yeah. of, birth of hands-on work, which began, it seems, somewhere around 1914, and um, became more and more important in the Alexander world. Became kind of 
almost the dominant uh, thing in in many ways. Um, now, my take on this this basic situation was Alexander had a number of choices that he could have made in 1914. He could have worked on improving the quality of his directions, but I'm not sure he even understood that that was an issue. And I think a lot of the understanding we have from, from neuroscience today, he just would not have, have got. Um, so he took a different route, uh, hands-on. And my sort of meta view of that is that that hands-on approach, of course, worked very well for a lot of people. They got a lot better quickly. Um, but at, at, at the sacrifice of actually learning how to direct themselves very well. Uh, the uh, kind of a classic Alexander problem is that teacher students become dependent on teachers for an Alexander fix, as it were. But I think what he did was kind of provide, I would almost call it a cocoon or a spaceship or some means of keeping the Alexander technique going long enough that down the road, people could start to reinvestigate, as certainly you've done, and I think a, a number of teachers have done, and come out at the other end with a return to directions as being a, a, a useful and maybe even a primary way of teaching. And I would say that emergence um, came more or less to full bloom in, in the 21st century, especially the last 10 years or so. We're talking in 2015. And the, um, what we have now is some new ways of teaching and some new uses of directions that make them very easy to use for people and allow Alexander ideas to be taught without direct physical contact with a student. And of course, Skype is, is pretty much the ultimate in that. And... I would say that um, um, that change, um, I think it's worth thinking about what were the things that made that possible. Now, I can talk, what I'm going to do just for the next few minutes is just discuss how the things that I use in Skype teaching, most of which were not really available to Alexander back in 1914. The first is I was exposed to Marjorie Barstow, uh, a teacher who trained with Alexander, who really took his teaching in some interesting directions. Um, best hands I ever encountered, but she used them incredibly sparingly. And she emphasized all the time what she would call her students thinking. She was always trying to prompt them to start noticing and thinking for themselves in a way that I never encountered with an, any other Alexander teacher. So that was one thing that has been very helpful to me. And the other thing she taught was she laid a huge emphasis on observation having observing other people, observing yourself. But the observing other people, of course, is exactly what you need to do with Skype teaching. So that, that's something that's relatively new. Uh, another bit of pedagogy, if you like, that's relatively new is what's called body mapping. It was developed by the Bill and Barbara Conable. 
which is basically learning on yourself where certain key relationships are, certain joints, how they function, that kind of thing. So not anatomy at a distance, but anatomy of you, uh, of, of the person themselves. And that can very easily be taught without hands-on. Sometimes it's helpful to use hands to do that, but the essence of that can be very easily taught without hands-on. Um, the other uh, the other development are are specific changes in directions that were not available to Alexander, or he just didn't think of them. The, beginning with negative directions, which is um, came to us from Missy Vineyard, an Alexander teacher in the U.S., um, which were were a gigantic improvement over previous directions. They they had the advantage of not making any untoward assumptions about what a student could or couldn't do. Uh, up until then, even a direction like, I'm letting my neck be free, which sounds really good, assumes that the student knows how to let. And as I'm sure we, you would agree, that's not always the case. So, uh, negative directions uh, get around that very nicely. And then more recently, freedom directions, which are kind of the next step, a, a product of my friend and colleague, uh, Jennifer Roy Francoli, a teacher in Cincinnati, um, gets around the problem of some people don't like negative statements and that sucks up a lot of energy and time. And who wants to bother explaining to students all the time that it's just grammatically negative, it's not really negative. In any event, freedom directions get around that and they're much shorter. So they have, um, uh, they're much more, students can learn them very quickly and students can learn how to use them and even more importantly, how to test them to make sure they're working. And that can all be done at a distance as well very easily. And um, then the other new, newer thing is, uh, I would say, an understanding of gravity and uh, other f and opposing forces that are operating on us and how to use them and how to manipulate uh, our centers of grav our center of gravity to take advantage of it. That's all stuff that I don't think was really in Alexander's mindset, although oddly enough, he mentioned center of gravity about, I think, around 20 times in his, in, uh, I believe it's MSI. Uh, but he doesn't seem to have quite known what to do with it. But in any event, these are all new things that were not available, really, in 1914, and all of which lend lend themselves perfectly to distance uh, teaching. And they form pretty much the essence of how I use Skype. Um, now, uh, I, we're going to have a second interview, Jean Doe, about your, your way of using Skype. But what we both have in common is, and, he, and Jean Doe teaches very differently from me, but what we have in common uh, is two two interesting things. One, neither one of us, of course, are, are using our hands to teach with Skype. But also, we've both found that people learn this stuff remarkably quickly. 
Would you not agree with that, Jean Doe? Yes. And you, we yes, were talking absolutely. the other day, and you said ty typically you might have give someone six sessions, right? Yes. Well, that's correct. and now your sessions are a bit longer than mine typically would be, but I found somewhere around eight or nine or ten is is plenty for most people. And not only that they can learn it, but that they can actually start sharing some of these ideas with their family and friends. That sounds a little heretical, I think, to most Alexander teachers, but um, <laughs> scary even. But that's the reality, I think. Do you want to add anything sort of yeah. generally about, we'll get into your own use of Skype in a second interview, but generally about the hands-on history and how... Do you want to elaborate yeah. on anything I, I, that I've said? I just said? want to add something about what you said, is yes. that um, um, we, we are into exploring. That's very clear. So you did explore what's after the hands-on uh, Alexander technique, what's after, what's, uh, what's, what will be the, the hyper-modern Alexander technique. And uh, I did exactly the opposite. It, I, I went to the beginning. I went to the old thing. Yes. But um, it's, what is common is uh, the need to explore, the need to, to understand better what we are at so that we can teach in a, in a more efficient manner. So exactly. what we think. And also uh, the fact that um, uh, it's possible nowadays with these kinds of approach to, well, to, to, to teach at, di at a distance and well, not to, yeah. to, to have a, a pupil in your hands in order for them to understand how to think. It's possible to think without uh, getting into, into hands-on. It's, it's just possible. It's a different way. Yeah. And uh, it's exploring. Exactly. And of course, so it's worth it. Oh, absolutely it's worth it. And Alexander, of course, um, certainly probably could not have conceived of Skype. Um, back in 1914, but uh, it, it, I think it's important to understand Alexander's stated view on changes in his work. Several times he, he says sta has statements like, and these are out there elsewhere, so I'm not going to try to replicate them exactly, but basically saying, I hope someday that my work will be seen as a signpost to future yes. developments. And he, he says that in different ways in different places. He never, ever suggested that how he taught at a certain moment of time was kind of it. He was saying, he, and I know from talking to Walter Carrington, who was around him a lot in his later years, he said Alexander was always trying new things. He was never he was never just yeah. sitting doing the same th stuff over and over again, and um, the other thing I think it's worth saying is that although Alexander certainly didn't have access to Skype, um, he he was willing if someone wrote him and asked him for help and they couldn't get to London, he'd write back and give them suggestions. And yeah. uh, I ran into someone whose father lived in Northern England back in the, in the 40s who had a lengthy correspondence with Alexander. Uh, I don't know anything about that correspondence or whether it helped him or not, but Alexander 
um, didn't seem bothered by the idea of helping someone at a distance, even if it was only in writing. Yeah. And then the other, mm -hmm. the, the final kind of statement that a lot of Alexander teachers don't like to hear, but Alexander, I and I don't know whether this is an MSI or not, you may know the location, but he famously said, I wish to do away with teachers such as I am myself. That my yeah, that uh, my place that m my place in the present economy is essentially is necessary because um, people haven't. I, it's not clear why, but he but he says sooner or later, people are going to be able to just learn this for themselves very quickly and easily. And yeah. um, and that's what I'm hoping for. He, I mean, he 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 specifically wanted to do away with people like you and me, yes. John Doe. It makes me feel a little that's uncomfortable. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. And, no, he didn't want to do away with us. He wanted to integrate us into education. Well, he he did that as well. I think when 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 we say do away, I think do away with the traditional Alexander way of teaching, which is you come for multiple lessons. Uh, yeah. usually private lessons. And, of course, uh, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, group teaching came in. That was viewed very suspiciously by a lot of people. I can remember an amazingly yeah. angry true. debate in, in, in London yes. at the time when I was there. And now I think it's fair to say that group work is, is generally pretty accepted, not by everybody. Some people are still concerned about it and the irony is here's the irony for some of these changes in some some teachers would argue well yeah group work was fine but only as an introduction or something like that and in fact most people yeah. who do group work will tell you it's more effective than individual work if you're doing it well <laughs> and our experience yours and mine using very different methodologies but using skype it, my experience is my Skype students learn a lot faster than my in-person students. And yeah. my Skype yeah. teaching has affected my in-person teaching a lot. I'm, I'm using my hands less oh, and yeah. less. And I do very little table work these days. I do a tiny bit, but not much. So that's my my sort of take on the hands-on versus directions versus other methods of conveying Alexander's ideas. Um, is there anything you want to add, say, add or emphasize or add to that? I think we're pretty much done with me. What yes, do you think? I think so. Okay, so my, yeah. I've done most of the talking. Next interview, you're going to do most of the talking. So my guest today has been. <laughs> <laughs> you're looking forward to that, right? Um, my guest today <laughs> has been uh, Jean Doe Massaero, an Alexander Technique teacher in Montpellier, France. Thank you so much, Jean Doe. You're welcome. <laughs>